your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy this episode and want to stay tuned to the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free and ensures you never miss another episode. We also love and appreciate your support, so dish us a follow today. Today's episode is brought to you by Stat Hero, the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups, winner take all. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash hockey and use promo code hockey for a 100% deposit match. Stay tuned to hear more about Stat Hero's great features later in this episode. On tonight's podcast, there are some interesting things to discuss. Uh, obviously, it has been a bit of a holiday break for me. I just came back from Thanksgiving vacation, so to speak. Um, and I did get to actually watch yesterday's game for the most part, this one being Minnesota versus the Jets. So we'll talk about that first and honestly why it is a little bit of a concerning matchup and then we'll talk about tonight's game versus Calgary and how that's going and and kind of what I'm seeing out of this what is also worrying what's maybe reassuring I guess I'm not really sure if that's the word choice I'm looking for but it's maybe the best way I can describe it so let's first talk about Minnesota versus the Jets and uh yeah if you saw that game, you already know that you probably wasted about an hour and a half or, or even a couple of hours of your time. Um, it felt like time was going even slower, but let's be honest, the Jets kind of sucked. Even after an okay start to the game in which they actually generated a few offensive opportunities, it wasn't long before they started conceding goals, and it was just like left and right. You know, Hellebuck was letting stuff in, then Comrie came in and started surrendering even more goals, and by the end of the game, it was like 7-1. It is, you know, one of the most uh, one of the most embarrassing score lines, and I think the way that it happened was especially disappointing. You know, the Jets, after an okay start, suddenly they just sort of fell apart, you know, those first couple of goals against, I get it. It is dispiriting. And, you know, in a situation like that, you can understand why the the Jets players kind of threw in the towel a little bit, it felt like. Maybe they were trying to rest up and not use as much energy because, you know, the next night, then they get an actual playoff team in the Calgary Flames. Minnesota is good, but Calgary, in my opinion, is even better. That said, Winnipeg has been stumbling over the last couple of weeks, and a win against Minnesota would have been a really big deal. I think, if nothing else, just to stem the bleeding, the Jets haven't looked like an NHL team over the past couple of days. And while I think that's maybe not a really fair assessment, I think for a lot of us, you know, the the past couple of years of frustration are just sort of boiling over again, because with this team and how the Jets have been, we're used to failure being accepted with the squad. And the city of Winnipeg, I think, oftentimes has maybe been a little bit too reluctant to criticize the team, and I get it. Jets fans are freaking out about losing a team that they love dearly, and they don't want to see the team depart again. Which, you know, it is fair. It is a concern, but it's not the concern that I think people imagine it to be anymore. The Jets aren't going anywhere. And in that light, you have to sort of look at what the Jets have given us over the past 10 or so years, and it's not been enough. I think that this team has a very high ceiling when it's all clicking, 
but the the floor for this team has been very, very low at times. And I think we've hit rock bottom multiple times in the last three or four years, sometimes so bad that the Jets probably looked more like a lottery team. And yet, you know, with all of the improvements and stuff that we've seen in this offseason, the Jets still can drop stinkers like this. But that's okay. You're going to lose games here and there. What's kind of frustrating is that when Winnipeg has all of these tools and all of these Um, I would say opportunities to make good on the roster choices and uh, trades and stuff that have made this team on paper a much better squad. It's kind of crazy to look and see this team still do some of the same stuff with Blake Wheeler, with the power play, and with some of the lineup uh, changes and stuff that Winnipeg has often fallen victim to over the past couple of years. We're still seeing Wheeler getting promoted up and down the lineup. We're not seeing some of the younger players who are actually, in some ways, outperforming him, getting the ice time they deserve. If anything, they get punished, and and somehow, I don't even know how you could even say it's punishing. I mean, they, they haven't even performed poorly. A lot of them are actually hauling butt and really trying to make an impact on this roster, and they're still not getting a fair shake. And I think last night's game was kind of the culmination of so many things that have not really worked for the Jets, and I don't know, I just feel like... My rope with Paul Maurice kind of ran out ages ago, but I I sort of accepted he wasn't getting fired. And I don't even think multiple games of this would be enough to get him fired. But I just think the team desperately needs a change in direction. Maurice can take a team that's maybe lacking skill and talent and make them play above their weight, right? He's done it before with the Jets, you know, 2014-15, when Winnipeg didn't really have as deep of a team as most of the top contenders. Winnipeg still made the playoffs. At times, they even played borderline elite hockey. They were a good team. But when you actually give him skill to work with, and you have all of these tools that he can turn into like a real playoff contender, he still doesn't really have what it takes to get a team to the next level. And I think we're seeing that again. It's not that the Jets have actually been completely poor like they've been over the past couple of years. They're still generating play at a pretty decent clip. It's not been the dire sort of unwatchable hockey that maybe some of us are used to. But my problem is, even when you have an okay team, if you're struggling to score and you don't know how to make the most of what you've got and you aren't putting players in the right positions to, to really bust yourself out of that, for me, it just it's a, it's a huge miss. If the Jets were doing everything that they could to find that, that next level and break the, the scoreless droughts and stuff, I would be more sympathetic. If it was just poor luck or maybe an amazing opponent that really outclasses the Jets, that's one thing. But Winnipeg really shouldn't be dropping decisions like this to the wild. It's embarrassing. And I think the players have basically said as much. I mean, it, it just shouldn't happen. And I think, you know, in tonight's game, they were like, we can't afford to see this occur twice. You know, Hellebuck had to get pulled in like 15, 20 minutes. That kind of thing really doesn't happen. And I, I think that this franchise really needs to demand better from itself and from the players and coaching staffs. And I don't know which of these parties is going to hold the other accountable. So there's a lot of questions for me with this team. And in just a little bit, I'll talk about some of the stuff that's, you know, a little bit troubling with the, the recent trend in play and why I'm not sure the Jets are actually going to break out of it. Before we go any further, though, I did want to tell you a little bit about the greatness that is Stat Hero and why they should be one of your top choices for one of the most exciting opportunities in fantasy sports. When it comes to fantasy sports, setting your lineup, managing your team rosters, making trades, and keeping up with real-world sports events to manage your team can be a daunting workload. 
You see, no one plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Winning feels so much better, but traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. Stat Hero is the first-of-its-kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups, winner-take-all. The craziest part? Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play, and you handpick the team you want to face one-on-one. This never-before-seen innovation of a fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clocking odds that are over four times better. With Stat Hero, you are in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play for, and Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them. Stat Hero head-to-head is what daily fantasy should be, one-on-one. Sign up for free right now at StatHero.com hockey and use promo code hockey for a 100% deposit match. That's StatHero.com hockey. Don't forget to use promo code hockey for a 100% match on your very first deposit. StatHero.com hockey. Again, StatHero.com hockey. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast. Thank you for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are uh, talking about Winnipeg and some stuff that, you know, it's been a surprisingly difficult couple of weeks for Jets fans. You would imagine that after Winnipeg had had such a bright start that maybe things would finally start picking up and continuing and the Jets would actually carve a path to a pretty good lock on a playoff spot. But no, as it is with this team, it, it just never seems like the Jets take the easy road and I think you know last night's game against the wild was pretty horrific if if we're being honest one of the single biggest issues with this team is this belief that Wheeler can be one of the guys uh, one of the lead players really that the Jets rely on for 20 plus minutes a night I get it he's the captain he's the guy that everyone wants in the room and believes that they can be uh, the the leader on the ice but the reality for Blake is that at this stage of his career, he's just fallen a step behind. And this insistence on playing him so much and putting him in like prime positions in the top six, it's just going to kill this team. And it's not like I really blame Blake either. I, I think he's just doing his job and he's trying to do the best that he can. But the biggest problem is that when you put Wheeler up there, you preclude yourself from other opportunities to make better lines and get more dominance out of your team. The fact that, you know, Connor, Svechnikov, and Dubois was such a dominant line and the Jets decided they were going to break it up just, for me, is baffling. You know, that line may struggle here and there from time to time, but overall, the net product was so good that it's crazy Winnipeg decided they wanted to go away from it. Instead, we see Wheeler uh, where Svechnikov was, and I don't really understand that idea at all. If if Svech was really struggling, maybe I would get it, but, you know, Evgeny has been busting his butt off. I think he's been a great player. He shows good offensive positioning. I think that the passing and shooting are there. Um, his vision is there. He has the grindy forechecking ability to kind of be a complimentary piece for uh, both Connor and Dubois. He lets them do some of the more finer details, especially as they drive the slot. And so for me, I just don't really get it. You know, if that unit was so good, why break it up? And then to put Wheeler up there, who's struggling to keep up with his line mates, you know, even on a good day, Blake will still be a little bit behind. Not as behind as he was last year, but certainly he's not fast anymore, and a lot of his game relied on that uh, acceleration and breakout speed, right? The version of him that we have right now just isn't that kind of player, and so I I question Winnipeg's desire and insistence on having him be played in roles that don't really suit what he is at this stage. If he's going to play a lot, then make sure that you pair him with the right teammates. As it is with the Jets right now, they don't really seem to do that, and they don't seem to recognize just how uh, off the pace he is when he's being asked to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with guys who are really reliant on a really rapid counter. 
Winnipeg's dedication to this whole thing is so fervent that I feel like there's no way the Jets are going away from this anytime soon unless the coaching staff changes. And this thing is 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 big enough for the Jets to actually kill a lot of the progress that they've made. You know, the penalty kill, I get it. They're not going to fix that this year. Maybe not even next year or the year after. But at some point, they're going to have to admit that Blake Wheeler just isn't really you know, a first or second line player anymore. I don't think it should be viewed as some kind of terrible thing to knock somebody's minutes back when they're in their mid to late 30s. You know, a lot of players can't really keep up at this age. Even Ovechkin at times has had to adjust the way that he plays. Sure, Ovechkin is absolutely shredding people right now, but, you know, a couple of seasons ago, there were real questions about what his longevity was. He had that streak where he was just completely goalless. He was struggling to have a, a decent offensive impact. His overall game had declined. And there were questions about his conditioning, his commitment, and where his game was and how long it was going to be before he would retire. And now look at him. A couple years later, he's totally turned it around. He's like a totally different guy. And his game has kind of evolved to fit this new volume shooter who can still be a lethal sniper. But this year, he's taking more shots than ever. And he's looking for those better spaces and has seemingly adjusted the way that he tries to play. I think if Wheeler tried to change his game to adapt to his age and the way that he moves now, I, I think you would see great improvements. He can't be this explosive skater and this guy who drives from the wing to the slot to create that sort of offense, right? That's not his game anymore. He needs to be more of a pass-first kind of forward, and I think in that role, he would actually be pretty successful. Maybe even as like a center, that's where he actually did pretty okay a couple of seasons ago. But until the Jets kind of work on that, you know, this lineup is going to continue to struggle to find goal-scoring opportunities because they're going to try to fit uh, players where maybe they just shouldn't be. And in that respect, I truly think the Jets are making life harder on themselves, and this is kind of a trend with this team. I think it, it comes down to the coaching staff not really being willing to make the call. I think Wheeler still wants to be that lead guy, and I think he needs to know when he has to take a step back himself, because until that changes, I think the Jets are always going to feel like a missed opportunity. They aren't even giving some of their top-end youth a real look, and I think that that is a big shame. Cole Perfetti is destroying the AHL right now. He really needs to be up with the Jets. And yet we're still seeing the same team that's, while still very good, looking for that next level elite shooter and playmaker. I honestly think the Jets have one of those guys sitting up with a moose. And in David Gustafson, they've also got another player who could probably be a really good middle six center. Somebody with potentially top six talent, a really good defensive effort, great vision, and the natural playmaking ability to be a, a dominant two-way center in the NHL. Until he's actually freed, though, he's still just an AHL superstar, so... You know, I want to see these guys at some point. I think they can help the Jets out of the rut that they find themselves in. And maybe we see them a little bit sooner pending what happens with this game against the Calgary Flames, which we'll talk about in just a moment. Before then, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about BetOnline.ag and their super offers throughout the holiday season. It's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means. Football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this holiday season. Head on over to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON at registration. Not into football? No problem. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, your favorite Vegas casino games, and so much more. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. To get started, register for a free account at betonline.ag. And again, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON at registration for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline. We're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. Start winning with betonline.ag today. 
Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We, uh, we're going to get some thoughts on tonight's game against the Calgary Flames, and uh, if I laugh a little bit in between, sorry, I, I am trying not to laugh, but it's objectively funny. Yeah, so the Jets, past couple of games, not so good, but in a lot of these losses, Winnipeg has generally been competent at creating chances. It's just that finishing them has been horrendously difficult. And then Winnipeg kind of self-inflicts even more damage by making lineups that don't make sense or also trotting out a a PK and power play unit, neither of which are capable of doing their jobs. It's been a bit of a a buffet of small errors that kind of compound the larger problem of Winnipeg just having very poor shooting luck right now. But in tonight's game against the Calgary Flames, they decided Connor Shifley and Wheeler should go back together. Yes, they also reunited Dubois, Connor, and uh, and Svechnikov, but the, the CSW line kind of going back together sort of nullifies any of those gains. And let's be honest, Winnipeg just basically got smacked around for almost the entire game. In fact, the first period, they conceded twice. Then the second period, remembered that they are, in fact, a professional hockey team, tied the game. Then they had a five-minute power play uh, off of a Milan-Lucic major that they then didn't score on and actually negated because they took another minor penalty themselves before winning in the third period on an extremely fluky opportunity for Kyle Connor, right? Uh, and actually, the, the the CSW line scored twice, I think it was. And so you just kind of sit there and you're like, of course, you know, of course. Winnipeg absolutely got smacked. Connor Hellebuck bailed them out for almost the entire game. This is like really vintage Jets when we're talking about the past couple of years. Play absolutely atrocious hockey, get bailed out by Hellebuck, and then randomly find a a goal or two buried somewhere in this absolute mess of a game, and you somehow win. That's been the Jets' formula when they were playing lotto hockey, and it actually got them a couple of playoff berths. So that's kind of the story of this game. I'll I'll go into more detail um, next week, I'm sure, but just from a very high-level thing, I just feel like every problem that this team has they somehow convince themselves it's not that big of a deal and then they make a bad decision and then they get rewarded for it this lineup actually got pancaked i mean it was a bad performance from the jets and yet because they won and because the cs the csw line had a couple of goals people are going to think oh the jets are back this line is good everything's fine but no i mean this team is still not playing up to standard and in fact this was one of the worst games of the season from the jets and yet Thanks to the, uh, the the humor of the hockey gods, Winnipeg somehow still comes out with a W. So I didn't even know what to make of it, to be honest. If ever you want a summation of what it's like to be a Jets fan, especially from the past couple of years, this game is kind of it. Winnipeg plays crap hockey, and they get rewarded for it. And I mean, that's like the, the story of the NHL, isn't it? You fail upwardly is how I would describe it. And I feel like Maurice is going to think, well, you know, I reunited CSW. We got a win. They scored a couple of times. Let's roll with it that lineup is going to get pulverized. Even if the, the Connor and Dubois line actually does well, CSW is just going to get caved in. Even if they randomly scored a couple of goals tonight, and let's be honest, they weren't really creating all that much in general, relying on that good puck fortune and those random bounces to fall your way with a couple of great snipes isn't going to be a recipe for success. You know, the Jets are just going to get pancaked continually if they allow this to be the trend of how they play. And so, I don't know, this team, it's it's a bit of a cipher for me. I feel like the Jets think they're better than they are at times, and maybe this game is going to somehow turn things around and maybe they'll actually play pretty good hockey even with a suboptimal lineup and they all silence the doubters. But my guess is they're going to keep thinking things are okay, they might actually win some games, but the actual on-ice performance is going to be poor. And until that changes and the Jets actually start losing games, 
it's going to be a weird situation with this team. I feel like they're going to take away the wrong lessons, and I don't know if this team is really capable of surviving these bad choices once they actually make the postseason. They got away with it once against the Oilers. I don't know if they can make a lightning strike twice, and even uh, more than that because they would want to be advancing. So, yeah, this Jets team, <laughs> it's just funny, isn't it? You, you, you make some really bad choices, you somehow get rewarded for it, and, you know, now people think the Jets are fixed. But let's be honest, we all know the truth. We've been through the same song and dance time and time again. I'm not going to bore you with the details. I'll talk more about this game next week, I'm sure. But for tonight's episode, that is going to do it. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all your favorite platforms, so be sure to subscribe and listen today. And as always, thanks for your support. Have a great one, and go Jets go!